Welcome to the Monday Night Scores, a wrestling podcast covering the epic battle for rating supremacy between WWF Raw and WCW Monday Nitro. We relive the war skirmish by skirmish to decide which show we think should have won the fight for rating figures that week. We then reveal which show actually did take the gold in the Nielsen ratings using our golden envelope. Last time out, Raw stemmed the flow of Nitro victories with as clear-cut a victory as we've seen on the wall so far in terms of programming. Bischoff's boys took one hell of a beating as they served up a turgid slice of reheated turd burger in response to Raw's posh patty of a show, even if the latter did include a hair that almost had us sending the dish back in the form of a razor promo that forced the lads in back to cut away before it upset our stomachs anymore. The American public voted with their remotes though and saved Raw from a kitchen nightmare fourth successive defeat in the ratings war. But can Vince's wrestling sous chefs make it two in a row? Or will Nitro's wrestling pastry chefs prevent them from building up ahead of steam? And more importantly, will these ham-fisted cooking metaphors ever end? There's only one way to find out. But before we get into it, we best start by introducing ourselves. I am one of your hosts, my name is Steve, and I am, as always... Joined by a man who once stopped kids playing football in the park, confiscated the ball and wouldn't let them have it back until they all, that's all, agreed that the last so-called goal was offside and that no amount of tears would change the fact that it didn't count. And I don't care who your parents are. And yes, maybe I do think my name is VAR, you cheeky little bit. It's the one and only nitpicker, Jim. All right, Jim. (laughs) Hello, how are you doing? Very well indeed. I should have to ask, but I assume this is the end of the garden updates. I think are we are we way past garden update time. Have there been any? We, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, we are. We are indeed way past. As all keen, green fingered individuals like myself know, you can't be out at this time of year <laughs> trying to cultivate vegetables. So no, yeah, it's um, it is the end of gardening. Well, that's that is that is disappointing. That, it's sad to hear. And I'm also joined by another man, hailing all the way from the Spanish announce table. It's the one and only Lost Liam. Hi, Liam. Hello. I've got some some updates about the um, the worst tag team gimmick from last time, if you remember. Amazing. So uh, yeah. we, we were quite settled, wasn't we, at the time that the uh, that the dicks were going to take <laughs> the uh, the title for for worst tag team gimmick. Um, it's in country. But. but but I've had another nomination uh, sent in um, from an avid listener and a very good friend of mine. So he wants us to consider his uh, his nomination to take to take the uh, the overall title of uh, of worst tag team. So here we go. Um, so he's put forward the tag team known as the Johnsons, <laughs> and the Johnsons appeared on TNA in two thousand and two. Uh, and they were made up of Dick and Rod Johnson. <laughs> That's overkill, isn't it? And the, and the Johnsons, apparently, they wore flesh-coloured latex bodysuits oh, intended to make them resemble a pair of large penises. Um, <laughs> so, just to give you some context, I'm gonna I'm gonna put an image of this uh, in the group just to just so you know what what I'm going with here. So I've sent that Do through. <clears throat> Um, and, and then I'll give you a bit of a backstory of this. So, <laughs> you joking? Fucking hell. <laughs> so the backstory <laughs> for this tag team was, was that... They, I'm going to go into that now. I, you, I'll give you some context <laughs> here, Jim. 
So uh, the backstory uh, was that oh these God. two these two were a, a pair of jocks who had become enslaved by the manager there, who was known as Mortimer Plumtree, apparently. <laughs> and uh, mm. Mortimer was a nerd that they used to apparently bully. And um, he's 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 uh, he's taken his revenge and, and now forced them to to wrestle dressed like penises. <laughs> Um, How is he forcing him? And no idea. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't dig What's deep the into that. Got? But uh, unsurprisingly, they, they were released after a couple of weeks after <laughs> that, uh, that appearance on TNA. But it oh, is important wow. to acknowledge that the Johnsons walked so the dicks could run. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. Do, do, do you think that the? Uh, do you think this this nomination takes the overall? Or I'll leave it down to you two, because you were a, you were you were the. Um, you were the deciders last time, wasn't you? So, is is this potentially were, worse than the dicks? I mean, they've got to for me. I haven't seen the picture. I thought they were ridiculous. You had a get up, but you, well, it was absolutely ludicrous. And the manager as well. The concept, the concept yeah. was even more ludicrous. I yeah. guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Before it was just a, it was just a dick pun. Like that was yeah. the, the ha Their name is Dick. This is they are actual. Yeah, they are impersonating. They penises. are being. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is a better tag name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just thinking about it now. Just looking at the images. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I'll, I'll let him know anyway. He'll be wow. pleased with that. He uh, he fell down a rabbit hole whilst uh, listening to the last uh, episode. Oh, we had safe search on. Uh, yeah, so he, he he eventually came up with the uh, the Johnson. So, so phenomenal yeah. effort. Phenomenal We'll give him that, that then. Man. So the worst gimmick then is now the current. It has to be, doesn't it? it has to be the Johnsons. It. It's the current champ, unless. I think the, uh, one of the bigger concerns here, though, is you, you seem to have, Liam, have given away the the identity of the listener there. You've revealed that <laughs> he's actually your friend. I think that might undermine us a Damn little it. bit. <laughs> we had a good run, lads. Episode seven of season two. <laughs> the, the identity, the Mexican mask of the listeners being, being taken off. We can always bank on one download, at least, anyway. <laughs> oh, superb effort, though. Well, there you go. Well, they are, they are the current worst tag champs unless any other the yeah. listeners can um, yeah, yeah. can 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 find something I think that one will be there. hard to uh, to knock off now, great though. pun correct and superb yeah yeah superb work for him right well we best get into it then alright Jim there's no need for any of that carry on I'll get us placed in history with some cultural reference points here we go Let's set the scene. The date is the 26th of February, 1996. This week, there were the releases of some now legendary computer games. One of the nitpickers' favourite games of all time, Civilization 2, came out on PC. A young whipper-picker was quoted as praising its orderly and logical turn-based strategy gameplay in addition to its realistic approach to simulating the most compelling elements of an all-conquering civilization. Namely, production waste management, trade and diplomacy, they were very much worthy of praise, particularly the waste management. Very good, very good. <laughs> also released this week on, was, po- <laughs> was Pokemon Red and Blue on the Nintendo Game Boy, a truly legendary game and an absolutely unhinged piece of cynical corporate parent wallet racketeering. You ready for this? So I missed the Pokemon craze, right? Pokemon wasn't really a thing in, in Year 7 for me, missed it. So, looked into it, see if we knew what I was talking about. I get the concept, sure. But, games in particular. 
And in doing the research, I came across the following description of why the game was so hard to complete. And frankly, it's almost masochistic on the part of Nintendo. So the aim of the game is, as the gotta catch em all tagline goes, complete your Pokedex with all 151 Pokemon. Which you must capture and evolve in order to do so, right? So, <clears throat> lads, I know you're a bit more savvy with it. All, all, all correct so far? Yeah. All sounds right? Right. But then, <coughs> I stumbled upon this gem of an explanation on Wikipedia. And lads, if you play the game, let me know if this is correct. And I quote, Pokemon Red and Blue allow the players to trade Pokemon between two cartridges via a game link cable. Sold separately. This method of trading must be done to fully complete the Pokedex, since certain Pokemon will only evolve upon being traded, and each of the two games have version-exclusive Pokemon. So when playing Red or Blue on a Game Boy Advance or SP, the standard Link cable doesn't work. <laughs> Players must use the Nintendo Universal Game Link cable instead. You gotta buy that as well. Moreover, the English versions of the game are incompatible with the Japanese ones, so trades just corrupt the files and it doesn't work at all. So you've had to own both versions of the game, two Game Boys and the Link Cable to complete either of them. What an absolute sham that is. That is, that is a sham. Yeah, I remember. I, I, was, I was Pokemon Blue when I was a bit younger. So, so you just couldn't, you couldn't complete yeah, it? That you, was it? You just couldn't do yeah, it? There was only certain Pokemon you could get on the Blue version, yeah. I mean, I, I was outraged. That's I correct. Don't know, I don't know how people weren't outraged at the time. I don't know how this was allowed. Surely this is a... It's outrageous. The whole point of a game is to be able to complete it, and you can't. Anyway, I, I'm still apoplectic, and I didn't even play the buggers, but I think that's scandalous, Nintendo. You bastards, please don't sue us. On Blue, did they have that guy who, um, who, who like... I don't know, like, when you'd be walking around and, like, various people mm. would come up to you and, like, challenge... They'd get the exclamation mark above the red, and then you'd be having to have some kind of fight with them. Yeah. Like some kind of battle. On Blue, did you have the guy who'd come up and, like, the, the kind of innocuous reasons as to why you would be challenging them? One of them was, I always remember one that stuck in my head was the guy asking, Hey, are you wearing my shorts? And then that would be grounds <laughs> for a. Yeah, grounds for so. a that fucking seems, duel. That, see, that seems to ring a bell, yeah. There's always some strange character. Yeah, it's <laughs> about Pokemon to kick the shit out of each other because you might be wearing my shorts. <laughs> Probably can't animal cruelty there, isn't it? <laughs> that, that rings a bell anyway. There was a, there was an odd character. Do you remember there was an odd character who like appear every now and again? Yeah. Wanna go? You, wear, you think you're wearing, I'm wearing my own shorts, mate. <laughs> you're wearing yours. I'm wearing mine. <laughs> it's, e it's easy to solve this. It's kind of true. Yeah. Oh, phenomenal. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely phenomenal. Go to jail for fucking <laughs> making chickens fight each other and stuff like that in the real world, but in fucking okay. Pokemon. Shorter grounds for, for hideous animal abuse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally right. Totally right. And in music, the 38th Grammy Awards <laughs> took place. <laughs> the highlights being... There's nothing funny here. I just thought these were weird. No Record of the Year and Song of the Year, both scooped by Seal's Kiss from a Rose. Great song. Album of the Year went to Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill. Great album. Grammy for Best New Artist went to Ross Geller's favourite, Hootie and the Blowfish. Brilliant. And Nirvana grabbed the Best Alternative Music Performance for their MTV Unplugged in New York. And what an album that is too. Right, now we know what had us glued to our Game Boys, fruitlessly trying to complete an impossible Greek tragedy of a task. What had us keeping our parents from doing some work on Microsoft Word on our PCs. And the awards we were finding out about on Newsround. Let's see how Vince and Eric are going to compete with that lot. There'll be 
thinly veiled Ultimate Warrior ripoffs. WrestleMania main event in-ring promo kickoffs, but no Croatian wrestling legend Nikolai Volkovs. Let's get cracking. And we kick off with the Nitro Notebook. And we are live from the Knoxville Civic Centre in Johnny Knoxville, Tennessee. We start this week's show, appropriately enough, with the WCW television title on the line as defending champ Johnny B. Bad is taking on challenger DDP. Oh no, of course, sorry, hang on. This is WCW, so obviously this is a dark match, and therefore the TV title is, once again, for Nitro, not seen on TV. Can't make it up. Instead, we start on comms as usual, with the usual firework fanfare bringing us in as Eric Bischoff, Bobby the Brain Heenan and Steve Mongol McMichael start the show. Bischoff gets in an early dig at the competition as he welcomes viewers to the only live wrestling show this Monday night and the rapturous crowd are loving the pyro display that had knocked Sting over whilst he does. Eric's clearly not learned from last week's Booty Man balls up as he reminds us of the arrival of the captain of the good ship Booty, but Heenan's quick to move things on, saying, we don't know what's going to happen this week. Thanks, Bobby. Got back on track very quickly. Mongo follows on from Heenan and basically repeats what he said, but worse, and then says that Hogan had a spy in the Dungeon of Doom's camp and that Harlem Heat and the Road Warriors are coming up, but none of that matters, as I couldn't really focus on any of it, being, as I was, totally distracted by his pet, whom he is holding in his left hand like a handbag. And we begin, as we must, with Pepe Watch. This week, the Pooh Pooches, and I'm guessing here, a mini-me of his captor. I mean, owner, Mongo. He's wearing a miniaturised version of his leather jacket, the leather jacket that Mongo's wearing right now, and what appears to be a mini Chicago White Sox baseball cap, which Mongo is not wearing, immediately shattering the illusion. The cap is also held onto the dog's head, clearly against its wishes, with a string chin strap, making it look like a cross between a weird S&M policeman... And the surprise guest at the world's most terrifying children's birthday party. The look on Pepe's face is sheer crippling resignation, and the dog's given up by this point. And I don't blame it. I don't blame it at all. I always look forward to Pepe watch, Steve. Um, But my interpretation of this was that he was like, uh, he's trying to impersonate Ice Cube. (laughs) No, but I think it was because he's like notorious for wearing Chicago White Sox hats. I mean, and then the the lavish, and around the time, this time in the 90s, I'm guessing. That's, that's that's the luck he was going for. Ice Cube, Pepe. Yeah, <laughs> it was a much better match than than the Mongol Mini Me because he, he he didn't match. So that's the only. Yeah, that's the only. That was lost on me that one. <laughs> yeah, so I've, I've, he's impersonated in the rapper Ice Cube. Yeah. Well, that that'll accept far far better than this. That's the this only thing. I, when I saw the, the Chicago White Sox hat and the leather jacket, that's that's who yeah. I thought. Oh, it's Ice Cube. To, yeah. <laughs> Unless I'm totally. That's you know, cool, isn't it? Right. <laughs> Either way, it didn't work. (laughs) The poor dog. To the action then, and we're underway with Big Boa Rogers, who's serenaded down the ramp by the sludgy metal guitar riffs that constitute his intro theme, wearing his black suit, black tie and black aviator shades and signature Kench protruding over the top of his belt and looking, as he does, like a distance extra from Men in Black. Stick to the aliens in the back there, from away from the camera there, Bubba. The lads are supposed to be the best of the best. Still won't use the uh, changing rooms. Still won't use them. <laughs> Someone who doesn't trust back there. Go for his stuff. 
Hoist got his eye on. Hoist got his eye on his back, straight from work. <laughs> <laughs> but as he's marching his way to the ring, Bubba is squashed on comms, as Bischoff instead uses the airtime to fire a broadside at his pre-recorded opposition, as he tells fans at home that he wants them to know that over at the uh, World Whining Federation, here's how it goes down. DQ Yokozuna in a handicap match. Jake the Snake Roberts, you're talking about digging up some bones here. Over Isaac Yankum and Diesel over Bob Holly. Wow, is he still around? Okay, we got that out of the way. Now you where the action is and the action is live. All right, Eric, you just sound shite. I get, I get what you're doing. I get what you're doing. It sounds shite. It's awful. Just concentrate on poor Bubba's... You know, got security <laughs> issues in the back. Concentrate on that. <laughs> Get your own house in order. <laughs> that was a home run, that wasn't it, for Bischoff? <laughs> totally right. Q Sting's music is the lad Big Bubba's facing tonight. And he went straight back on it, adding some shine to Big Bubba that was sorely missed during his entrance, saying that, well, Big Bubba looks ready, he's always ready. Out comes Stinger, and Heenan says that he wouldn't have the tag titles if it wasn't for Lex. Can't argue with that. Lex has stolen a few in the past few weeks, and it's, it's quite hard to win the tag titles on your own. But Mongo's not having any of it. Go and have it. You can't say that! <laughs> he says, I can and I just did. Shut up, Mongo. Before we get any more cobblers from the one-man Mexican standoff that is Steve Mongo McMichael, Bischoff interjects with an incredible revelation. Sting, he tells us, has been hooking up as of late <laughs> with Steve Grissom, the WCW NASCAR driver. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was a purely professional relationship, the two had, Eric, but, you know... <laughs> <laughs> But this is indeed a noteworthy development. He told you about him finishing fifth, didn't he, in the uh, the, the recent uh, race? No wonder, no wonder he's not. He, he won the last one, didn't he? So clearly, yeah, clearly hooking up with Sting is taking a bit of his time, hasn't he? He's, he's falling down the grid. He's <laughs> like fifth. What a thing to announce as well. We're well in with this guy. We're probably so many coming last race. Oh, he's fifth. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's a cause of celebration, is it? <laughs> so good and he was just panning Bob Holly he's a race driver he was just panning him is he still around <laughs> and he's them celebrating some guy who came fifth in a fucking race Bob Holly could have come fifth <laughs> underway in the ring and after a taunt off that is predictably won by fan favourite and NASCAR super fan Sting a lovely series of moves from Big Bubba, who has grace his size should not allow, as he finishes with a baseball slide to the outside as Sting's face down hanging on the second rope before smacking the face paint off the stinger with a clearly open fist from the apron. The only thing more visible than that closed fist was the distance it missed Sting's face by from the ringside <laughs> camera. Shit. <laughs> Give him a fucking chance, lads. Come on. But we quickly forget that, as a lady with a blue rinse responds by leaping up from her front row seat in front of the hard camera and angrily flails her arms at the dastardly big bubba. I love seeing all the old deers in the crowd when we're back in the deep south, proper wrestling territory. It's like fucking... She was class there, I thought. She's great. She's one of the most entertaining things of the show. She was. Hogan. She's my entertaining Hogan, isn't she? There was, there was no doubt. By a mile. She was more captivated. By a mile. What passion as well. So oh, passionate. She was so into it. She was, oh. it, was, it was real to her. Did you see uh, the policeman later on trying to calm her down? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. You got words with her. Yeah. Just, just tone it down, love. It's all right. You know, we're going to protect the, we're gonna protect the wrestlers here. What <laughs> a legend. Great. Stinger starts to build up a head of steam only for Bubba to catch him mid-run and plant a spine buster Arn Anderson would have been proud of. 
Bubba dominates again until Sting again looks to finally build momentum, but Bubba's got the better of him and plants a splash on Sting in the corner that this time Sting himself would have been proud of. Sting are in trouble now, he's thrown to the outside, and now Mrs. Blue Rins is up on the barrier and right in Big Bubba's grill. Rogers gets Stinger back in the ring, as you rightfully say, Liam. Security descends on Mavis, which is the contest I am now far more interested in watching to its conclusion. But nonetheless, the camera goes back to the ring, where Sting clumsily sets Bubba up for a pile driver. Some miscommunication here is sort of Sting runs towards Bubba, who was setting up like a back body drop that Sting was meant to reverse in the pile driver, I thought. But Sting sort of ducks into it too, as if he thought Bubba was going to leapfrog him or something. So they both just sort of... Stop really awkwardly. It didn't work. Anyway, Sting quickly sort of readjusts and then does put him in position for the driver. Then follows an incredible feat of strength on both lads' parts as Sting holds him in position for a good few seconds before nearly killing the man. So this all looked like unlikely from the get-go, given the size discrepancy between the two lads. But, you know, Sting has to plant Bubba on his knees like a reverse tombstone. So he's in position for the normal, regular pile driver. But he has to, you know, goes on his knees. And fair enough, because he's much bigger. But then it all sort of seems to go a bit awry, and Rogers basically lands on his head. <laughs> and he's, like, lucky to yeah. escape with his neck intact. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's why he, uh, he bailed out of it. I, I don't think he, uh, he must, it must have felt right or something. That's the only thing yeah. I could have I could have oh. taken from it. I was wincing at this. I was really wincing. It was weird because obviously this happened and it obviously this looked quite nasty and he kicks out. Was it even trying to pin him? I can't remember. But then Sting's going to win with a fucking crossbody. Yeah. It's the last time you see someone win with a yeah. crossbody. Survive that pile driver. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Lost to a crossbody. Yeah, it's all yeah. right. <laughs> scratching my head there. Completely spawn. Haymakers are then swapped with both lads on their last legs and Stinger looks to be getting the better of proceedings with an inverted splash. But Bubba brings the legs up to counter. Stinger then rolls outside. Bubba's up to the top turnbuckle and then Sting gets pops back up, pushes Bubba's foot, sending him down to the mat and allows Sting, as you say, Gene, to scamper up to the top rope and then plant a diving crossbody, which then does get the pin from the three count. You did right. We've had the finish a few moments before. The only thing I could think is whether because that was a botch and didn't look right, which... You wouldn't have particularly noticed in, in the crowd. You wouldn't have. You'd have still bought it. He did very nearly kill him. So, you know what I mean? Pin him there because you genuinely did nearly kill him. So that's fine. Don't need to don't need to worry about that anymore. But instead, we had this little sequence. I wondered if they'd added that because they both it up and hadn't got a plan. I don't know. But you're dead right. Nonetheless, this was a bit of a, eh? And then he pins him. And that was they it. They might have got away with that as well, if, if they hadn't mm. zoomed. Yeah. Like you said before as well, when the fucking, when the when the, the punch from where they got yeah. the old lady so riled up, they zoomed right in on that and make it look stupid. Yeah. They zoomed right in on the pile driver to make it look shit. Like, do you yeah. know what I mean? Totally you right. surely want to be hiding the fact that his head's not really hitting the mat. Absolutely, exactly. Stick to the hard camera for that one. Totally, completely right. Totally right. Anyway, that's it. Stinger gets the victory there. Next up, Mean Gene brings us back from a break. And he's on the ramp with the Road Warriors and tag champs Lex and Sting, where they all basically shout at each other a lot as the Warriors try and appeal to Sting, as they already know that Luger's a cheap shot... And I'm not entirely sure what they're appealing a sting for, but I'm going to assume it's a shot at the gold. Don't know. Lex interrupts before Sting can get the mic, though, and tells Hawk and Animal that he and Sting aren't afraid of them, and they'll fight them anywhere, anytime. Animal continues by telling one of them, Sting, I think, that he's from Chicago, but that Lex isn't. And I'm fearing we're going to be in for a long night of let's play Where Isn't Lex From? But Lex confusingly joins in and adds that he is from Chicago, so he gets it. 
So what was that for then? But then Sting jumps back in and exasperatedly tells Lex that you're from the white collar section of Chicago, Lex. Like we've done this before. I'm just lost. <laughs> and then he says... This just turned into white noise for me, all this. I, mean, I didn't have a clue what was going on. It's, it's absurd. It's so bad. And then he says that the Warriors, this is still Sting, by the way, still admonishing Lex for being from the white collar section section of Chicago. And then he says that the, the Warriors are from the blue collar section of Chicago and that they're from the streets. They're from Halstead Street or something. I couldn't, I couldn't quite catch it, nor did the captions help me out, nor could I Google it. We'll go Halstead Street or Halstead Street or something like that. The key word is street, said Sting, as if if you're from somewhere called something street, street. that's the, you, you're, you're, from, you're from the projects, that's, that's tough. So like Grover and Big Bird and all that are all <laughs> fucking hard as nails. <laughs> Don't mess with them. <laughs> exactly, that's Sting's logic. <laughs> it was good to see the... Uh... The Road Warriors in their home kit this week. They, they ditched the away kit. The <laughs> yeah, blue, true. So right. it, looked, it, looked, it looked far better this week. It did. Back on home turf. Luger's obviously doing his whole shtick when they end up in the street fight. And he's like, you know, at the end, he's like, what's a street fight? I, was, I don't know if I'm quite... It's quite funny, I thought. Like, I, don't know, I don't know if I'm... Total comedy routine. I don't know if I'm overplaying this. Was, was he doing it on purpose? Are we trying to make Luger look like the biggest well, idiot possible? Well, Jim, you're right, but before you before you, you get there... Oh, I thought you hadn't finished, sorry. No, sorry. no, no, no. Well, back, back to the club as we go, because I'm afraid it does only get worse. Road Warrior Hawk then grabs the mic. He's hitherto been silent. Shouting in the background, but silent. And he tells Luca that he reminds him of a washing machine and that, lest we forget, we are the Road Warriors and if we want to go to Lanta Zoo... I think he's French... <coughs> Not Atlanta, Lanta Zoo, and knock out Willie B the Gorilla. So be it. We'll do it. No, not a clue. Any idea? What is what is this? He's waited. <laughs> He's waited to say this. A golden age of promos, aren't we? It's a golden age. We had we had Razor Ramon last week. We've got this this week. It's an absolute golden age. Because <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. Because then he goes on to say the bit that we need, right? Which which hasn't happened yet, right? So he, he sarcastically, he says really sarcastically to Lex, yeah, I totally believe you're from Chicago, Lex. Well, you're not. I've found out since. So, you know, pot kettle and black are you, mate. Uh, and I totally believe that you want to do a Chicago street fight. Hasn't been mentioned yet. So Lex didn't say that. He said he was the world champion. She isn't, but yeah, <laughs> he didn't say this. You know, unless I've missed it, which I could easily have done because it was all cobblers. But this, I'm, I'm sure this is the first time Chicago street fight is mentioned. He then continues, again sarcastically saying, I'm sure you want to get in the ring with us, etc. Before he, he gives up and says, but you want to know something? And then does the, ah, what a rush. And like, that's not some, that. what do you mean? What, what What's Lex learned there? That was, the, do you want to know something? Ah, what a rush. It's fucking clueless. But yeah, then Lex gets back on the mic, and of all people, he's the one who had some clarity to the situation after this gobblers, and says, as they take their leave, because they just fuck off after this, the, the road warrior, he says, you want a Chicago street fight? Then you got it, her stinger. And seemingly proving that, you know, I was right, and Hawk had bolted <laughs> up, and this hadn't been said before, and he sort of clarified, yes, a Chicago street fight. So the segment is saved, though, by some well-delivered comedy right at the end, I've got to say, with Gene and Lex. As Gene says, wow, a Chicago street fight. To which Lex immediately leans in and responds, what is that anyway? 
I was like, that's the, that's the best thing Lex Luger has done so far. And it was <laughs> sheer comedy. Funny. It was funny. Brilliant. Sting's livid, by the way, and he isn't happy that Lex agreed to do this as we head to a break. <laughs> Mental. I don't get it. I was started out this as well. Like I know it was obviously insanity from the out to the end. But, <laughs> like when Animal comes out, like you said, they're, they're out to ask Sting about what's going on, what's the deal with Sting, yep. and his allegiances and whatnot. Yeah. So like, it's obviously meant to be a relatively civil conversation. But he just, he screams at Sting, like, like he hates him the most in the world. Like, Sting, Sting, where, where the fuck are your allegiances? What's going on? Like, he's just asking me. It's probably how he did his back in all that shouting, just over normal things. <laughs> I believe Luger's the voice of reason here, and that's how low he stoops. <laughs> Quite right. Oh. You just got one gear, haven't they, the, the road warriors? Just, just... Oh Shout yeah, nonsense. yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you saw right. Yeah, it's it's it is a it's a terrible promo. They are they are a terrible promo. Luca doesn't have time to think about it all too much though, as he's in action next, taking on and there's no other way to say this, lads, a shit ripoff of the Ultimate Warrior called the Renegade. I mean, they haven't given this lad a chance, have they? Out he comes sprinting in the ring, just like the Ultimate Warrior would have done, and they don't even hit his bloody music till he's halfway down. It's a ringside where the music starts. Like, look, he looks in decent shape though like, oh he's huge yeah he's, he's off, jacked off first glance he looks like he should be alright in the ring completely yeah. and uh, yeah but it's, it's, it's like someone's trying to kneecap him here it's like right you go and be discount Ultimate <laughs> Warrior you go and we're not going to eat your music go and run round the ring and try and get high fives like the Warrior does and no one's really bothered <laughs> so yeah, on he's totally squashed it's not squashed straight away <laughs> completely yeah yeah no selling everything didn't he and then Beat him at the end. So what would exactly? It's it's, bizarre. It's totally bizarre. The whole the whole fucking thing is exactly. that he's build, 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 build. Lex fucking smashing. So as you say, things get underway, and you know exactly what happens here. I'm not going to waste everyone's time with it. Bit of back and forth. Renegade builds some solid momentum, as you say, Jim. No selling everything. Matching Lex for strength, which is incredible because Lex is you know this fucking top star, world champion of everything. If you listen to him, <laughs> and he's such a big lad. Until crafty veteran Lex plays some. Dirty tricks uh, with some face dragging over the top rope. He then lands a huge backdrop, reverses a sunset flip, plants a clothesline, adds a rear headlock, is powered out of it, trades, slams, uh, head slams into the top turnbuckle, lands a snap suplex, takes a clothesline, and then another body slam, then a clothesline at the corner, then a handspring into a rear elbow from the Renegade, which looks great to give him some momentum back. Fantastically athletic move for such a big bloke. But then just as the Renegade's about to plant a splash from the top rope, enter Jimmy Hart, or scum of the planet, as Eric calls him, <laughs> sending, sending him to the outside by knocking his foot off the top rope, allowing Luger to roll Renegade back into the ring before applying the torch rack for the ring. Exactly as you say, Jim. What's the point? Building, building, building this lad. And all right, he's been, you know, he hasn't lost clean, but it's just fucking, you know, he can be undone by Jimmy Hart doing a bit of a trick on him and then that's it. Granny was up again here. Granny granny was loving it in the front row. (laughs) She loved having Luger out. She did indeed. Sting nice but dim is then then straight down the ramp because he 
He questions Luger's integrity before Luger plays dumb and then tries to award Renegade, who's out cold on the floor, awarding the match by picking his own. Oh, you can have it, you can have it, you can have it Sting. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But Sting's right in his face and it looks like the team's going to break up here, lads, uh, which obviously can't happen as we've got a sort of Chicago street fight to look forward to now. So, no peril. <laughs> he made me laugh again when he, uh, when, he, when he sent Jimmy Hart to the back and he's doing his acting, like pretending he wasn't celebrating and that. I don't know, is he, <laughs> is he on the sly a great... Great comedy actor, he <laughs> it's, been, it's been the best stuff from Lex we've had by, by a good distance. On, on the way down as well, he, he, um, when the cameraman was in front of him, he was checking if his belt was up right a couple <laughs> of times, though, wasn't he? Which I thought was pretty funny for, for Luger. So maybe he is. Maybe you're right, Jim. <laughs> I know. You're funny, funny. Okay, yeah. Great comedy actor. Yeah, exactly. Phenomenal. So good. Up next, Harlem Heat are taking on the Washing Machine Warriors in tag team action with the number one contender spot for the tag belts on the line, which I, I thought that's what the, the you know, the Chicago yeah, thought... street fight was all about. Was this, you know what I mean? Like if, they're getting, if they're getting a Chicago street fight anyway, surely that's going to be for the belts. You'd think so, wouldn't you? Or is it just for the pride of Chicago, maybe? Right to see. <laughs> well, <fair> no idea. <laughs> <laughs> That'll die. That's it. <laughs> Anyway, Booker T and Hawk kick things off in a suitably explosive fashion and the crowd seem right into it. We swap around as Stevie Ray and Animal basically repeat the nobody can get a head shtick as Bischoff tells us that Ray has an incredibly powerful back. I can't believe this. He goes through all his credentials, doesn't he? He says he, he, says he, he has a well-developed <laughs> upper body, incredible, incredible upper body strength, uh, a reach advantage. He's very tall, has long <laughs> legs and a very powerful back. <laughs> it's just... Has he been put up to this? Powerful back. Powerful back. <laughs> he's got an incredibly powerful back. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's just what? a cheap shot. It's a cheap shot to Animal. That's genuineness. What a strange comment to make from Bischoff. Bonkers. Took me right out of it. <laughs> power in his back. God, <laughs> what was he doing? I don't know. Did he Playing loads of bags of shopping or something. What was <laughs> <laughs> what was he doing <laughs> this week what's he done this last week Ferrex to go I've got to tell the folks at home about this they'll never yeah, get yeah. it from just his wrestling they'll never get it they need to hear about it <laughs> he, just, he, cut, he, back. he just cuts off doesn't he he cuts off straight after he doesn't like tell, tell us what the advantage would be or... no no he just tells us he's got an incredibly powerful back and, it's there, and there it stops Oh dear. Anyway, Booker T takes advantage of the distracted ref and is able to illegally interfere and kick Hawk's back, allowing Stevie Ray to put his back to good use and powerbomb the warrior before tagging in Booker, who follows up with an axe kick. The Heat are fully in control as they start taking Hawk apart. Hawk tries to mount a comeback but misses with a spear in the corner and plants his shoulder on the ring apron. A jumping wheel kick uh, knocks Hawk down again as Harlem Heat land a double suplex before Animal is finally brought in by his ailing partner. And then he lands a double clothesline on the Heat. Chaos ensues and the ref follows the two illegal men outside for absolutely no reason, missing Booker T landing an incredible Houston hangover, a diving somersault leg drop. That has to be seen to be believed. I mean, one slip and that is a trip to hospital for the poor recipient. I mean, I, I wince every time, but... You know, he lands it perfectly here. Um, it's enough for a six count, but there is no ref. Booker's out to try and get the ref's attention as Animal blindsides Booker with a big boot to the head that knocks him out and allows Hawk to get the pin against the run of play. So there you go. The Warriors are now number one contenders. Piss poor from uh, our man Tim Patrick, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. 
piss poor. Why would you be fighting oh. about outside the ring? Following no illegal men for no reason. What's the point? <laughs> Why? Why would you do it? Yeah, you best so. stay out of here. I've seen you fall out and you're not in, so you... No, no, I see what you're doing. Not even letting them get back to where they're supposed to be on the fucking... Ridiculous. Cobblers. Piss poor. Terrible. We normally like Tim on here, don't we, but... Big fans. But he's let himself today. down today. Yeah, he's he let himself down. He really has. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, our main event. A six-man tag between Ric Flair and Double-A Darn... And double A Darn Anderson. Darn Anderson. <laughs> Hogan's been saying after the last couple of weeks. <laughs> he certainly has. Two in a row. Double A Arn Anderson of the Four Horsemen. Ric Flair and Double A Darn. I've done it again. Ric Flair and Double A Arn Anderson of the Four Horsemen teaming up with the Taskmaster and taking on Hulk Hogan, Macho Man Randy Savage, and the booty formerly known as the Zebrodiak, a.k.a. the Booty Man. I don't think I recovered from all the cobblers last week. Yeah, lads, I don't know about you, but I was... I was... Yeah, I was shredding this. I went and made a cup, another cup of tea before, before I watched this. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, when you, you always, you, I mean, I don't know if this is this is what you two do, but personally, when we get to the main event of Nitro, I always look at the uh, the clock. Yeah, and it was yeah. we had we yeah. had just under twenty minutes, so I was dreading this. Same, oh. same, completely, completely. Can I just jump in as well here? But this spy nonsense. Well, you oh. you said it last week, did you? In jest that they're going to seize the spy, and then they've obviously now tried to shoehorn this in. This is absolutely absurd, isn't it? Oh, there's no way. <laughs> no. There's just no way this was planned. There's no way they've been booking, absolutely no way they've been booking this for months on end. Like, we're talking since this started, haven't we? Since we started watching yeah. it in September, oh, yeah, yeah. September of 95. Yeah. yeah, there's no yeah. way they've been booking this. He's going to be a spy in the camp just so we can reveal the booty man in some man <laughs> in the middle of fucking, the middle of February in 96. <laughs> when, yeah, just in case, just in case flying Brian Pillman buggers off. <laughs> We've had a six month build up to the, to the booty man. Yeah, just for it's a like, main event on Nitro. Completely. the groundwork. During which time, he's taken about 47 chairs to the head from Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute exactly. joke. And Hogan, why would he need a spy in the camp? He's been kicking their ass yeah. on a monthly, ba- <laughs> weekly basis for the last six yeah. months. Quite right. Spot on. <laughs> Unbelievable. And then one or two times they did get the upper hand on him, just makes Hogan look stupid because he had a spy in the camp the whole time. <laughs> so how would they ever get the upper hand on him? <laughs> oh, spot Superb nitpicking there, Jim. Superb nitpicking there. They're all... They're all... You can't let him have that, can you? That's outrageous. You're, you're Spy so in right. the camp. You're so, so right. Do me a fucking favour. <laughs> oh. Out first and accompanied by woman and Miss Elizabeth is the purple sparkly gown wearing WCW World Heavyweight Champion Lex, the nature boy Ric Flair, followed closely behind by the battery and old yeller. Lots of four hand symbols in the crowd for Double A and Flair. Uh, but the faces are quickly out to Hogan's American-made music. And all six lads are in from the off, and it is carnage. Macho and Flair are teeing off on one another, Arn's battling the booty man, and Hulk's taking on Taskmaster in the over-50 categories over here. Into the ring, and the ref has finally got some control. Macho and booty man force Arn into the corner, and he immediately called for a timeout. <laughs> it's hysterical. <laughs> Just, no, no, no. <laughs> And then, just as we're properly making sense of and settling into the action, the diamond doll appears at the top of the ramp, looking a million bucks with a bouquet of flowers. Because, with six lads, two valets and the ref, we obviously need more people here to confuse things further. That seems to be the extent of it, though. No explanation, and we're back to the action. Did I miss anything? Did anyone get anything? What was this about? Any ideas? No ideas. 
Fuck not you. a clue. Not a clue. Sad to see Savage as well in his Hogan pajamas again. He was oh, straight I out know. in his red and red and yellow, wasn't he? He's <laughs> 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 he's awful. It's awful. He's and being rid- you know, ridiculed to this. Exactly. Anyway, in the ring, an Arn and Bootyman trade blows before he lands a sleeper hold that Bischoff tries to sell. This is Bootyman lands a sleeper hold that Bischoff tries to sell as if it is a stone cold stunner in the main event of WrestleMania. He's got the sleeper on. It's a sleeper, Eric. It's a sleeper. It's the Bootyman. We don't care. It's a sleeper. Fuck it. Yeah, they, they were trying their very best here, weren't they? The comms team to get Bootyman. Oh, like some, oh, they were working overtime. They were working overtime. I, I will. I will. Just say, Booty Man here did the best wrestling of his team. <laughs> he was the one. <laughs> he was obviously better than Hogan. That's a no-brainer. We didn't see much from Match. Booty Man did the best wrestling of his team. You only beat what's in front of you. And he did the best wrestling of the three he was wrestling with today, I thought. I'm not saying it was good. I'm saying he did the best of the three, in my opinion. <laughs> Oh, anyway, speaking of his shite wrestling, in comes Flair, and he starts off with a test of strength against Booty Man, I assume is to try and build up Booty Man as some kind of force to be reckoned with, <laughs> which ends in deadlock. Beyond belief. It's beyond belief. <laughs> which, allows, which allows Booty Man to bring in Macho. Match takes on all three of the heels in turn in the corner, great little spot, before settling down to go head-to-head with Flair once more. And we get an abridged version of the battles we've been seeing these two have on the past few weeks. Just almost verbatim, right down to the flare heads up top so Macho can press slam him down spot we're all so used to now. I mean, fucking hell, lad. <laughs> he did that one and he followed it with the um, the turnbuckle, you know, when he goes over the top turnbuckle. Yes, he did. <laughs> you know, he whips him across and he goes the opposite corner and he goes over the top rope and then he kind of lands on the apron. Yeah. I was thinking to myself, why does he always start running? He, start, he lands on the apron outside, then he starts running down the apron. He just takes so, off. You're so yeah. right. It makes so someone can close that him. What? <laughs> But where is he going? Where is he going? <laughs> and in this instance, he's heading to the opponent's corner, which is not yeah. where he needs to be because he's just taking a big up, big shot. It's the same time every time. It's, just, it's like he's carrying on running. He's been like Irish grip. He starts running across the ring, flips over the turnbuckle, and just carries on the run, but in a different direction. <laughs> What's the end result going to be? Spawn. It's all right. Do it every time. <laughs> Madness. <laughs> oh, anyway. So... Macho's then running the ropes, and both Miss Elizabeth and Woman grab a foot of matches each, causing him to sort of, you know, stop and get distracted there. He turns around and grabs both of them by their hair, which gets a huge pop from the crowd, which I don't like seeing. I know that's not H well, but violence against women grabbing their hair, and the crowd love it. Didn't like that. I'll go mad. I know their heels didn't like that. Just saying. Um, he, but in doing so, he gets blindsided in the process as Arn is able to capitalise on this on the distraction to subdue Match. Flair then goes to work on Macho on the outside as the ref's distracted, and momentum swings in favour of the heels. Even old Yeller's getting in on the act, but only very briefly, <laughs> as he quickly returns to the sanctuary of the ring apron <laughs> and allows Arn to take control of the Macho Man before he's able to die for the hot tag to, if you can believe it, the Booty Man, who then cleans house. <laughs> 
<laughs> then he tags in Hulk, whips each heel into the awaiting raised boot of Hulk in, the, Hulk in the corner. Hulk's like leaning in the turnbuckle, arm on each rope, foot up, just. I mean, how he's managed to make the big boot look even worse than normal, I don't know, but he has. He sort of barely gets his leg up to kind of hip height. <laughs> All of the heels ducking really far to hit this boot with the reds. It's fucking diabolical. <laughs> Absolute diabolical. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Arn's last up and super sells this thing, this fucking shit boot in the corner, and then he gets a Hogan leg drop and takes the loss because Arn always puts the business first. <laughs> a little bit of me dies inside when he's forced to do this shit every time. It really does. Still 2-1 to Arn, though, isn't it? Still 2-1 yeah. to Arn, Jim. You're spot on. He is still still up on, uh, on aggregate. Dead right. Dead right. <laughs> if you thought that was the end of the cobblers, though, think again. Ric Flair is straight into Hogan with a knee to the back, which somehow totally incapacitates him, but from a standing position, he goes over and leans Most face first on Stevie the Ray's. turnbuckle. <laughs> oh, he had Stevie Ray's back. <laughs> <laughs> and then Miss Elizabeth spends an eternity trying to cut <laughs> up into oh. the ropes. What I didn't like about this, like we've, we've spoken about the cameraman all night. <laughs> So, so you've yeah, got Hulk, right. Hogan, oh. who's pretending to be unconscious in the corner. <laughs> but still standing. But, but still when the standing. camera goes in, he's, he's actually trying to put the handcuff on his own hand. <laughs> on himself. He's trying to handcuff himself. The cameraman couldn't have got closer, could he? he couldn't have got closer to the cameraman. And we've got the cameraman's mic, so we can hear Gold going, oh, oh, so he's not unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing this shit Hulk moaning. It's so bad. <laughs> Oh, fucking hell. But then it's Definitely. fucking pointless because Flair comes in to save the situation and whacks Hogan. Sorry, he whips Hogan a couple of times uh, on the back with a belt. Once? He's... He, he whips him once. Oh, he gets just, off. just once. What's the point yeah, in handcuffing? Is, yeah. He barely hits him and runs off. There's no point in the handcuffs whatsoever. You're dead right. And they, yeah, they, they all get chased off. And then the, their faces all come to Hogan's rescue as we hastily cut away. Like, just they don't. Like... They have to get Liz. They have to come back from this. Liz, come on. Squad, stop trying to handcuff him now. We've, <laughs> we've done <laughs> did the spot three minutes ago. <laughs> oh, it was an absolute. This was a shambles. It was a total shambles. It, it, it was a standard, standard procedure, wasn't it, in the main events? <laughs> oh, no. It's ludicrous. You get these lot together, it's shit every oh, time. It is. It's, yeah, you're so right. Anything the Taskmaster touches just can't be trusted, usually. He's always a liability, but. Not in he's 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 a different league compared to Hogan. And Miss Elizabeth hasn't had a good showing so far. It's not being it's not being great for this supposed, you know, ring veteran. Not being great, but fuck me. Awful. And with that, for Nitro, mercifully, we are out. So that was WCW Monday Nitro. Let's find out what we are made of it. What would make us want to tune in next time and what turned us off quicker than seven minutes of heaven with Jerry Sachs. Who wants to kick off the Nitro builders, lads? <laughs> I'll go first. Um, I've, I've, I've tried to cut a bit of slack this week because it, it's been it's been dire and as, as we all know and <laughs> And this wasn't good, but still, 
I liked a bit more about the show. They tried to put a bit more focus on different people and like, True. you know, yeah. the, the, the Lugas thing being taken a bit of prominence. The Warriors were out a few times. Bit of importance on the tag match maybe. So yeah, well. yeah. Yeah, you know, at least they're trying to build a storyline, aren't they? Like towards this, this, yeah. this, this main event kind yeah, of yeah, pay per view. Yeah. yeah, putting a bit of effort into other people. I've, I've gone yeah. with as, as yeah. my main, my main builder here. Fair, fair enough. Yeah, you know, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Liam, same question to you. I'll I'll highlight the first match. This thing of Big Bubba. Um, I think we all knew what was going to happen, but I think Big Bubba played the role of cannon fodder much more effective than. Some of the trite we've had over the last couple of weeks. We had uh, Devon Storm, haven't we? And um, Conan, we bike. had the Belfast Bruiser. <laughs> yeah, it's my bike. It's Devon Storm. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think I think what we you got here was that obviously he's he's far more experienced, isn't he, than all the the other the other crew that we've had. And he's playing up to the old woman in the front row. He's took his bumps well. He's showcased some nice uh, spots as well. So it's, it's exactly what you want, isn't it? And I think the crowd were on board and. Yeah, I don't know. It just felt different this week. This episode, I think. I think the crowd were into it from the word go. No, but I think that was partly because of the, the first match was. I think that was the best match personally. Yeah, I've got him down too, Big Bubba. I thought he. Uh, yeah, I thought he should he, be featured he... more prominently, shouldn't he? Yeah, he did the job oh. well. Did the job, Big Bubba. Yeah, he shouldn't be here just to get fucking jobbed out to stink. He should be oh, doing no. something more. Well, we haven't seen him for a while, have we? When was? I mean, it must no. be months since we last seen him. So, yeah. Where are all the people? Where, where, where's fucking Eddie Guerrero and yeah. all them? Yeah. I've yeah. seen him for ages on Regal. Nigel. Blue Bloods. Yeah. I know. Yeah, Milanko, there's loads, isn't there? Yeah, I know. It's appalling. It's a question. Um, builders for me, uh, Harlem Heat, well, Booker, really. Stevie Ray's yeah. back. Phenomenal, though. Stevie it is, Ray's back. Booker what a powerful is the, back. Powerful back. He's the, he's, the, he's the main man. Uh, <laughs> Staggering athleticism, great in the ring. All the rest of it. We, it, always, it we always highlight Harlem Heat, don't we, when they're on? We do. Yeah. We do. And I wish I'd see them in a bit more of an actual storyline because I, I still, I know that yeah. they were, you know, Champs recently and stuff, but we didn't see too much of a nice show. And yeah, I'd like to give us more of them, please. Um, and I will say, I'm not, I'm, it, I'm not saying he is the builder, but having someone else in on the team of Hogan and Macho meant at least it was something different. All right, Bischoff was making a sleeper out to be fucking, you know, rock bomb through a table, but you, you know what I mean? Like, at least it was something different. I, I'd, I would sooner watch Booty Man than Hulk Hogan. I'll, 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 I'll happily admit that. <laughs> I can't see Hulk do the same shit. And, and don't get me wrong, I'll be sick of it within two weeks because we're going to get this time and again, I'm sure. But I, I will at least say he minimised the amount of Hogan in-ring action I had to watch this week and I was thrilled with that. So What, yeah. what about Alex Luger? Are we actually going to say this was intentional, this comedy uh, performance or...? If it was, you're what dead you right. He, he probably should. Well. He probably should get a, get a shout. That's a good yeah. shout. Okay. Well, he genuinely did have me like laughing. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah, me too. I made me laugh twice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I I genuinely, genuinely funny. Twice. So great timing. Yeah. All right. Build a pick. Then what are we gonna go for, lads? I might go for Liam's reminded me. I haven't got him on me this, but I might. I might actually go for comedy Lex Luger. I could get on board <laughs> with him. <laughs> I could get on board with him. I think I'm with you. I think. I, I, yeah. It, <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we'd say it, but I, th- I think <laughs> I think you might have consensus there, Jim. Liam, is it? Yeah, gonna, if he was on next good? week doing the same thing, I'd I'd be pleased with it. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Particularly as you say, his <laughs> his acting when Sting arrives, holding up holding up Renegade's arm, and like he can have the win, he can have the win. That's Jimmy Hart scampering back with a yeah mural. You're right. 
Um, I, I know it's just going to be one off though, so I don't trust the guy to to do the same <laughs> next week. So I, I'm going. I, I'm going with Big Bubba. I thought he, he deserves right. some acknowledgements. I think that probably saves. Well, gives us a, a smidgen of, of keeping all the slight bit of respect we may may or may not have. That's probably saves us. That would be a, a full legs clean sweep. <laughs> 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 probably probably couldn't come back next week if that had been the case. All right, over to the killers then. God, Liam, you kick us off with this one. What was your what were your nitro ratings, killers? Um, I, I've got to put forward the booty man. I'm, I know what you. I, I kind of get what you're saying in terms of anything's better than Hogan, but I, I, no one cares about this guy. Like, no, that's fair. Yeah, no, he's no ludicrous, Liam. You're absolutely right to do this. And he, <laughs> if he's going to persist with like smacking his ass every time he gets in the ring and. Yeah, I can't, I, can't, I can't get on board with that. So hopefully it won't be too long before he's sent packing. So I've got to put forward the booty man as, as one of the killers. Yeah, I can't, I can't defend it. Yeah, no, I can't. I can't. I've, uh, I've got the booty man down. Again, just echoing many of uh, Liam's points, but just, just the, you know, the, he's, he's been absolute blasted into the main event picture just purely on the grounds of being... Morgan's friends and yep. the nepotism and all that. We all we spoke about it all last week. Yeah. He's he's up there for me. But I think my main, the kind of the, the thing I'm I've got down at, at the top of the killers. If anything is the, um, I can't see those lads in the main event anymore. I'm sick of them every week. Yeah. Every yeah. week the same yeah. gubbins. Yeah. I can't do it. Yeah. How many weeks has it been with the same lads oh, on yeah. rotation Countless. doing different things? Well, do the same thing, but countless. Them. Yeah. Oh. I highlighted the main events just just because it's always a mess. Like. There's never like a, it's just a, a good finish to it. You're always yeah. just like picking out what's what's gone wrong and the uh, that the failed handcuffing of of Hulk this week was another one to the uh, to the list, wasn't it? Um, yeah. I will propose as well. I want to put forward Rick Fleur only because you've mentioned it. It's just it, I can't again. I can't see him. I can't see him doing the same thing over and over again. I'm not yeah, saying he's, he's not a good wrestler. Yeah. He, he's definitely he's definitely coming to the point now where he, he needs a change yeah. of scene, doesn't he, or a change of character, a change yeah. of role, maybe. But it's just it's just rubbish, isn't it? Same yeah, thing. I agree. Yeah. No, nah, totally fair. Yeah, I agree with all of that. The Chicago Street Fight promo would have been in here if it wasn't so funny. Um, <laughs> the handcuffs, that totally. Was good yeah, yeah. Uh, Renegade in general, just what's the what's the point? Why why are we doing all the warrior rip off and and, and then pushing him and then kneecapping him, don't get it. Macho Flair, again, that was, that was, I was just like, oh, fucking hell, this for the last 89 weeks. But just in general, I thought this episode was was diabolically bad. I was bored more than anything, which is, I think, the worst thing you can possibly say. Like, it was listless. It was sort of, it all felt incoherent and messy. I get what you're saying, and I totally agree. Great, we're starting to see other things. And what I'm not saying is, I really hated this episode and all the other ones that have had Hulk, Hulk, Hulk. Oh, it's, oh, it's worse than that. But it was just, it, it just felt so messy. You know, Diamond Doll turn not, not being explained. Obviously, the Chicago Street Fight promo and going, what, where's this come from? And, you know, uh, obviously, all the, all the handcuffs, everything I've just said, it, just, it was all a giant mess this week. And it's like, I, I will totally give them props for trying to do something new because we've been saying that's what they must do for many weeks now. But I was, I was bored. Just, just, I'll, maybe I'll care more now. Now, sort of, we've, we've kicked off a few feuds in. There's something we do, but I'm just with you, Jim. Just give us, give us, give me Eddie Guerrero and and Regal and yeah. get me back to some decent stuff, please. Got loads of quality wrestlers just sitting around, sitting at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Use them. <laughs> the only other thing I've got written down here is part again part of the main event, part of the main event fold. Can someone explain to me 
what the fuck is going on with the, the, the macho man, the savage angle? Because I'm at a loss here. At one point <laughs> in the match when all the heels were beating the shit out of him, yeah. Bischoff said, they have stripped him of his pride, his title, his dignity as a human being, and Miss <laughs> Elizabeth has taken half of everything he owns. So it's, it's his gimmick here that he's a fucking deadbeat. <laughs> <laughs> They're booking him like Millhouse's dad off The Simpsons when his wife kicks him out. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Like, I mean, at the end, Booty Man makes a comeback and Hogan gets the pin, so yeah, how's, how's no. Savage going to get even? All he got, he's got so many scores to settle. How's he going to fucking come back? Millhouse's dad. <laughs> it's perfect, isn't it? Oh, it is. Oh, yeah, he's, he's so he's right. A, he's the lowest ever here, isn't he? Yeah, totally. He, he, he. Dignity as a human being? Yeah, that's... <laughs> That's, 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 I'm going to cheer for that guy. <laughs> spawn. Absolutely spawn. Fucking stupid. Yeah, it could have been. Right, go on, go on then. What we what we setting on for ultimate killer? I'll go first. My, my ultimate killer, um, I'm going to have to put Ric Flair up there. Um, as I say, nothing against the guy when I first started, when we first started doing this, I was like looking forward to worry about whereabouts he was in his career but I can't I can't see the same kind of spotter going over the ropes and the backdrops and etc it's just, just bland it's boring so yeah I've got to go with him and he can't fight Randy Savage anymore as well that, I'm done with that no, I, I'll echo that for Liam it's the, it's the, the lads the, the, the repetition of the lads on the yeah. cycle in the main events it's just yeah. it's boring sick of it it's just weeks on weeks on weeks of the same stuff yeah the full house yeah, I completely agree yeah Triple lock, ultimate killer. So that was Nitro, but what about Raw? Over to the Raw Rundown to find out. And we are not live, as we're still in the Cincinnati Gardens in Cincinnati, Ohio, with a pre-taped show following on from last week's Belter. We get some film trailer music to introduce the pre-episode VT, and this time it's mostly focusing on building the Diesel and Taker feud. And we once again get to see Diesel struggling to destroy Taker's casket. Just, you don't need to show it again, do you, lads? You know, it's... Whack, nothing. Whack, come on. <laughs> anyway, after the titles, we're straight into the arena where Isaac Yankum's dentist drill music is serenading him down the ramp before we see Vince and King. Yankum is, we're reminded, the latter's private dentist. And we drop all pretense of this being live as King showing off his superb gnashes, which is Yankum's handiwork, gets a cartoon ding and flash pop added into the edit. Bloody hell, lads. <laughs> But Yankum's teeth are horrendous, so this doesn't work. (laughs) Yankum's teeth are are awful. (laughs) He's made Kings unbelievably good, but his own. This is it. He's supposed to be demonic, and he messes up everyone's just like his own. Yeah, no sense. Immediately. (laughs) Vince tells us that Yankum's going to be taking on Jake the Snake Roberts, who's making, I think I'm right in saying, his Monday Night Wars Raw debut tonight. We've seen him in the Rumble but I think this is the first time on Raw, lads, correct me if I'm wrong, and the listener writing, if I've got that wrong. 
<laughs> no, I think that's right, isn't it? Yeah, that's correct, yeah. Lovely. Uh, King is terrified about this, having been subjected to a full face of snake, careful, at the rumble and is still traumatised by the experience, which Vince takes great delight in winding all up about. Jake's entrance gets a huge pop that sounds unbelievably fake as we're shown a replay of Lawler getting attacked at the Rumble before cutting back to King at ringside looking terrified. Vince tries to shit him up. Oh, look, is that a... Is that a... Ooh, underneath the table! To which King asks, Was that your foot? And he gets the smut-drenched response of, No, that's not my foot, from Vince, which makes it clear what this shtick was all a setup for. It's a fucking dick joke. Bring on the Johnsons. <laughs> The action gets underway. It's DDS versus DDT as more fake crowd noise is pumped in. And yikes, Jake does not look in good shape here. Haggard. Especially next to Yankum. But fucking hell. It's... All those fucking billionaire Ted's get where they're rinsing macho and hold yep. for being old. Yep. Yeah. I mean... Jake, uh, Jake Roberts is two years younger than Hogan. Like... <sighs> I'd check that out after thinking it's just the absolute hypocrisy of it all. But what the fuck? I know. I mean, it's it's. I mean, the action starts and it is, as you'd imagine, pretty pedestrian. I mean, he looks. By the way, he looks all the worse because he's next to fucking Yankum, who is jacked and in unbelievable shape and ten times his size. And we're supposed to believe that there is a there is a contest to be had here. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just some more insane jobbing, isn't it? Some more fucking (laughs) exactly right. Of all the people you could have fucking booked to do this. (laughs) <laughs> Correct. And yeah, as I say, the action is, as you'd imagine, totally pedestrian, with Yankum basically taking charge, battering Jake, who looks immediately gassed, obviously. He is blowing. The pace, which started off slow, drops off a cliff, and Jake looks for all the world like Loch Ness has called in a monster favour and sorted out one of his mates with a spot on Raw. Like, he looks straight off world of sport, Jake. It's, it's, it's terrible. Anyway, against the runner play, Jake dodges a DDT from Yankum as he keeps hold of the top rope as Yankum goes for the DDT. So Yankum's splat onto the mat himself and then catches the demonic dentist off guard and plants, in fairness, the only thing that did look decent, a very slick-looking DDT. Uh, and, you know, as I say, it, it genuinely was, I think, the only thing in this match that did look passable. Uh, and that gets him the victory. <laughs> You've got to be thinking if you if you're the future Kane at this point, you've got to be thinking at the end is nigh for you. you <laughs> Correct. You're losing you to, to Jake the Snake. Just to, to set up a Vince dick joke. That's that's yeah, that's what you're there for today. Yeah. That, that's all he was on for, wasn't it? Just to get the, the snake potentially coming out. Yeah. And and the gag. That was it. And the thing in the back. <laughs> and the thing in the back, yeah. <laughs> Vince would have liked that. Vince would have liked that. Sorry. That won't make the edit. Next, we're subjected to another Ultimate Warrior promo, this time featuring a bunch of kids asking Rowdy Rodney Piper to bring him back. <laughs> Leave it in. It's an in-joke, I don't care. Do you think Vince likes him because of his hoarse voice, by the way, lads? Because on this promo, I'm reminded of how much I do not like the Ultimate Warrior's voice. Because it sounds like this. It's shit. Don't bring him back. Don't bring him back. Please, we don't need this. It's nails down a blackboard. Anyway, I couldn't, I couldn't be any less interested in any, any of this. I don't know about you, lads, but this is this is skipping forward on the fucking network territory for me. I don't know about you. I think much like Jake the Snake, I can't imagine anybody's really clamouring for this. At the, no, you know, no. Apart from those right. kids in the Rodney, right. Rodney, Rodney Piper. Video. Feels like we've gone past that kind of <laughs> stage of wrestling, doesn't it? Yeah. No, yeah. A long yeah. time right. ago. You're right. 
Back in the arena, and we see yet another replay of Diesel not being able to break Taker's casket. Do you think this is why he goes and leaves? <laughs> leaves and goes to WCW? Like, is he getting the piss taken out of him? Can't even fucking open a fucking battered open casket. Anyway, we get another recap of Diesel getting dragged under the ring at In Your House after the break as Diesel makes his entrance. And a sea of black fingerless pleather gloves in the audience are raised as they await Big Daddy Cool, taking on Spark Plug Bob Holly, who does not get an entrance, so we know which way this is going to go. <laughs> and it does! Diesel batters Holly, culminating in a jackknife powerbomb that looked a bit shite, as Diesel spends most of the match looking around for The Undertaker, in case he pops <laughs> out of the ring again. To be fair though, there was there was part there was like a mid part of this match where Holly got like a couple of consecutive moves that knocked Diesel down to the floor. Like he did, he looked, right, Liam. He looked more impressive than when Brett Hart fought Diesel the other <laughs> week at the pace. <laughs> like I can't believe it. I was like, there's there's no chance here. Like there was, there was I think I can't I think it was a drop kick and then there was a yeah. clothesline and I was yeah. thinking, what is going on here? Like what, You're right. what, what, what are they doing? You didn't get good. like you said, you didn't even get an entrance theme, so <laughs> very good point indeed. Very good point indeed. They did um they completely killed it as well, didn't they? Because of like it was made out to be, like you say, quite competitive at times, but then they went to the break. Yeah. Come back from the break. It's <laughs> <laughs> just Bobby's Completely right, completely right. And this is all while Vince is is claiming that there's an eerie feeling about the place. Uh, and as you say, it doesn't stop the inevitable though, as Diesel's jackknife does the trick, getting the big man away in a predictable squash match that was decent enough, as you say, Liam. Short though it was, um, especially a, a, a savage Irish whip into the turnbuckle that Holly was bumping staggeringly for it. I mean, he sprinted into the thing, and I was, you know, I was absolutely sure that you know the ring post would snap or something like. He, I mean, that bloke's back must be in tatters now. Jesus. Anyway, like animals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not like Stevie Ray's. Unlike There's Diesel's Stevie. music playing and he's headed in the back. <laughs> the big lad is stopped in his tracks by the trademark bong before the lights go out. When the lights return, guess who's in the ring? That's right, it's Bob Backlund. It's not Bob Backlund, it is the dead man, of course. Standing dead centre in the squared circle, and Diesel then walks towards him, playing with his, uh, his, his, his elbow pad and pleather glove. And then, but then the bong hits again, and then the lights drop. And then when they return, and we can see, it's Diesel in the ring this time, but there's no Taker. Taker's nowhere to be seen. And then he appears on the video wall, saying that he's the master of the mind game, and that he'll see Diesel on the dark side, which King translates to mean WrestleMania. So so he caps it a bit, but you know. And also, you don't know that King, you know what I mean? He didn't say WrestleMania. He said dark side. You don't know where that is. Shut up. <laughs> After a promo for next week's Raw, we're back in the ring where pastiche Japanese music and a man wearing and then removing several Japanese masks one under the other without getting down to the actual bloke's face greets us. The caption reveals this man to be Shinobi, but Wikipedia reveals him to be Ital Snow. <laughs> Avatar, Avatar got one run out before he changed the change gimmick. Yeah, right. That's how abysmal that day. But if you remember, he, he fell off the top rope, he didn't did. he? When he yeah. slipped. When he got Brian Walsh over, didn't we? We were saying the, the, the <laughs> oh, opportunity yeah. for Brian Walsh at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly uh, stricken him from the record books. And now here he is, back to get battered by Ahmed Johnson. It's like, oh, we lads, we've just had one squash match. Can we have something else before we have another one directly after it? You know what I mean? Wasn't Johnson doing this, like beating up knobheads before his oh, big yeah. feud with Jeff Jarrett? Yeah. 
Yeah. I thought that was just building up for that, but no, apparently that's all he can do, which I assume could be because he's still green as fucking can't really wrestle and keeps hurting people, so they won't put him in with anyone he can do real damage to. So up steps Al Snow. (laughs) Kill (laughs) Shinobi. Exactly. Anyway, off we go, and Shinobi is grabbed and thrown clean out of the ring immediately. And at that very moment, a sex pest is put straight through to Vince as we hear, <laughs> Yes! <laughs> oh, wait, it's Gold Dust. It's Gold Dust, don't worry, it's Gold Dust. Who <laughs> sounds like he's dialing in from the moon. Or perhaps HBK's pleather-lined sex dungeon of doom. Fucking, what was this? Um, I hate these phone call segments. I cannot yeah. abide them. So do I. <laughs> Gold Dust is a super promo. As soon as it's on fucking... As soon as Vince can't see the person, he stops being able to fucking... He goes all hammy. Well, what do you want to say, pal? Like, he, he, what are you doing? Just have a chat with him. It's Gold Dust. Anyway. Gold Dust has written a poem that his director, Marlena, has told him to read out, he tells us. And he asks... In, in it... He asks Rowdy Rodney Piper when he'll get to play his bagpipe. <laughs> and that is a sentence I didn't think I'd ever read, let alone say on, on tape. I mean, it's amazing they got away with that on telly, wasn't it, really? Yeah. I mean, that's just a unashamed reference to sexual activity. Do you know what I mean? Like, Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, that's it's... on standard telly, 8 o'clock or whatever it went out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Went out, but... Totally. You saw right. Anyway, just in time, Shinobi is planted by Johnson with a huge spine buster that, that looked pretty painful. Uh, and then a Pearl River plunge follows, and that does the job from the man, not really from Japan. From this, we're back to mankind in his cellar, and he's with his rat, George. Sorry, did you see it when the, um, the, uh, the guy on the front row, when Johnson's bailing out the ring... And, and this fully grown man, you know, he's forty odd year old, surrounded. Obviously, all the children are there, and he goes full on for the high five. And he says, "Yes, yes, oh, well, yes, get in, well done, great win over Shinobi." No. And then he just, Aaron Johnson just straight past. I thought it was brilliant. I missed that. Oh, oh, fully grown man, he was like the same height wise as same. He was tall as Aaron Johnson. Yes, Aaron, get in there. <laughs> Straight by him. <laughs> Did not give him the time of day. What a oh, baby face move. Oh, I wish I had seen that. That would have made me, that would have made me uh, the ratings builders if I had, I think. That's... Unbelievable. <laughs> anyway, from this, we're back to Mankind in the Cellar. And he's with his rat, George, for another stellar promo. Absolutely stellar. But yeah, just let me see him in the ring already. I'm, 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 I'm hyped. I'm in. I'm ready. Just come on. Anyway. I understand this is pre-taped and he wasn't there at the arena last week and that's why we haven't got him this week so we get to the promo. I understand all that, but I want to see him in person and in action now. I'm ready. Next, Vinny's in the ring as we come back from a break and he's here to interview HBK and Bret Hart ahead of their WrestleMania, sorry, the dark side, no, no, WrestleMania showdown for, for the gold. HBK's Can I just out- jump in here for a second? Of course. Uh, Steve, sorry. Uh, just, be, just before the, 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 this promo... Um, Doc Doc appeared, didn't he? He did. Um, with a recap from the superstars, and he he told us about the uh, the new rockers. So I just wanted to get uh, Jim's Jim's uh, opinion on on Leaf Cassidy, who is who is 
joining oh, up with Marty Ginetti now. I just wanted to see where he, he stood with with this new this new tag team. That was I, I wrote. I, I was just fuming about the reveal of, of <laughs> Fuming, no fanfare whatsoever. <laughs> Not even there in person. Do you know what I mean? Doc Hendricks just tells us the new rockers are in this tournament and then we've got fucking Al Snow, Leaf Cassidy, fucking Shinobi <laughs> Avatar, whatever. Do you know what I mean? Stinking the joint out for a couple of weeks as them two clowns and then he gets to be elevated to main event level, presumably tag team tournament winners. Guys, <laughs> more wasn't made in this. I mean... He fucking could have used someone and really the real leg up. Like, you know what I mean? What a career the ringmaster could have had if he parted him. <laughs> Yeah, true. Genetti, yeah. If only. It's a real, it's a real sliding doors moment that one. What a waste. Could have rejuvenated Aldo Montoya as well if he'd, <laughs> if he'd gone in the new rockers. But Leaf, Leaf Cassidy, it is. Leaf Cassidy. I mean, the promo mugshot looked fucking terrible as well, didn't it? Like, oh, beaming. Shocking. Of course, he was beaming. <laughs> he must have been certain he was out the door. So they're going up so against the Godwins, to... aren't they? They're going up against yeah. the Godwins. Is that on Superstars? Is it on Raw? Superstars. All, oh, all of this, all the, the tag team tournament, I believe, is Superstars only. So I don't. Oh, think... no. We don't need to bother watching it. Do we foregone conclusions? <laughs> the new Rockers. We just watched the final. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the new Rockers might entirely pass us by if we just watch Raw. They <laughs> 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 never see it. <laughs> oh dear. When's the final going to be? Is it WrestleMania? I'm guessing it would be WrestleMania. Pre-show. Well. <laughs> Dark match. I mean, it'd be outrageous, wouldn't it, if Leif Cassidy got a tag team tournament final win on uh, WrestleMania. But... <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, we'll have to, we'll have to keep posting. <laughs> I'm sure they'll go on to a long and successful career. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, glad we got the, I'm glad we got that image anyway, so I now know what Leaf Cassidy <laughs> does, does look like. So, Were you as underwhelmed as I was? <laughs> yeah, I was. But it was just good to put a face to the name, so... Anyway, HBK's out first and the pumped-in crowd noise returns, which seems daft as the crowd really do seem to be genuinely quite into HBK, so it just, just makes it sound shite. He's followed by the Hitman, again to more pumped-in crowd noises we didn't need, and HBK claps his opponent in the ring that just looked a bit sarcastic. Michael says, with all due respect, he doesn't think Brett is the best there is, he thinks he is. Brett thinks HBK is one of the greatest wrestlers he's had the privilege of watching, and he's looking forward to stepping in the ring with HBK to prove that he is the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. He said, though, that it's not his job to beat Sean, it is Sean's job to beat him because he is the champ. It really dull, this. I was bored. Yeah, it was stale, this, yeah, wasn't it? it was. And then, just when I thought we were wrapping up all this dull dross, out comes Roddy Piper, who says that he was listening and he did not like hearing people boo Bret Hart, which they did a bit. A guy who's been champion three times, and that he even heard he beat Roddy Piper, but he can't confirm that because he wasn't there, which I actually thought was quite funny. That got me that way, um, in spite of himself. He then says he didn't like hearing people boo Shawn Michaels neither, because he's been dying to win the title since he was a little kid. Well, so. <laughs> but, but, but what he wants is for there to be a winner at WrestleMania. So what we're going to do, we're, we're not going to have a one-fall match. Um, 
uh, we're going to have a, a, a multi-four match, but then he fails to say how long it'll go on for. So he says to Brett, have you got a problem with that? And Brett says, no, I don't have a problem with that. And then he asks the same question to HBK. He says, have you got a problem with that? I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> but how long is the match going to be, Piper? <laughs> <laughs> so Piper then goes ah oh, shit I forgot about that turns to the crowd one hour he says no time out no nothing no nothing so just sit and stare no nothing sit and stare right understood so there you go an iron match as Vince then has to clarify and comes an iron man if you will well we'll have to Vince because no fuckers told us what this is apart from you so iron man it is right understood the two lads then shake hands and Sean gets a dig in as he doesn't let Brett go as he's walking away, the little prick. <laughs> and then <laughs> that's the end of that fucking segment. What do we think of this? Oh, it was. I thought when Ro- uh, Roddy Rowdy Piper was going to come, when, when he came out, I thought this will pick up, but it's not even worse, didn't it? So. <laughs> I went off a cliff. It was boring beforehand, but it, it was mercifully short. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was. It wasn't great. I think the most interesting thing about it is, is, is obviously the hindsight, like factor of knowing these two absolutely despised each other. Yeah. Like. Yeah. They, yeah. So they're all being, you know, you know, being nice and all that to each other, weren't they? But yeah, you're right. They, Clearly, it's they it's, love one yeah. another. You're right. Spawn. I hate this as well. Do you like when you've got like a big uh, match coming up where they get them like, doing these like interviews? You remember the Diesel Brett Hart one where? Oh God, yeah. Yeah. That, that, they were talking yeah. for a long time and it was the, shit. Uh, so I, I don't. know Centre. I don't know if they're trying to make it like a little bit like boxing where they have like the kind of face-offs kind of yeah. thing or what, but it, it just doesn't work, does it? Especially not in this one, which was supposed to be, you know, face-on-face. Face. Yeah. Both really respect each other. Well, that's fucking boring, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's boring. <laughs> it's just, just, just shit. And it was. It was really boring. And then out came Rodney and then off we went. Next, a promo with JR on voiceover for the superstar line, Greet Our Screams. It's a hotline that costs... A dollar forty nine a minute, and that's in nineteen ninety six. <laughs> where Jeez. one of the options lets you find out if you press six or whatever, find out if Gold Dust and Rowdy Roddy Piper are an item. You've got what? <laughs> <laughs> JR's fucking shilling this. Anyway, the real interesting thing they about they panned this... finger, didn't they? They panned Mean Gene, the hotline. That was another thing they panned on. Um, <laughs> yeah, on the yeah, fucking yeah. billionaire Ted, the wrestling war room. You're dead right. You're dead right. They're doing it too. No shame. Anyway, the only apart from that, the only other other interesting thing about this was that uh, it, it, Lex Luger's WCW intro music was the music bed for this. So I don't know if they've got it from a generic soundscape or if they're doing it intentionally to take the piss out of Lex. But anyway, he's up there with a superstar line promo in WWF size now. So what happens when? So presumably people did indeed, given that they plugged it, someone rang this hotline and then paid the you know dollar forty nine whatever, and then. Asked, pressed the option to find out whether Rowdy Rodney and Goldust were an item. What happened then? Like someone just said, "No." And then, <laughs> no, of course what? not. It's a storyline on a wrestling TV show, and it isn't even that. Yeah, no, I believe pre-recorded messages, but I will, I will, I will check and confirm next week. But I believe you're gonna, which is super sneaky because you can just waffle on for as long as you want. Oh yeah, and you I keep can imagine that's what happened. Breaking yeah. the coin in. Um, I mean, it would be worse if you're talking to some, you know, fat bloke in Titan Towers. Just, yeah, well, I don't know. I, I have a look. I can, I mean, his office is open. I'll, I'm going to hold on the line. I won't ask him. Rodney? <laughs> Rod, Rodders? <laughs> you were you Goldust, the thing. He, he won't answer me. Hang on, hang on a minute. <laughs> yeah, Goldust, you. I'm Goldust. An item. You know, like together. <laughs> you know what I mean? You what? Well, there's a kid from Minnesota. He's paying £1.40 a fucking minute of your rodders. <laughs> what do you mean? 
He won't tell us. Uh, let's just, let's to assume see... yes. You know. <laughs> the order has to see this live. Cobblers, the lot of it. Cobblers. JR doing it. This is what this is where JR is what he's been fucking reduced to at this stage. Unbelievable. He's certainly working his way up from the bottom in the fucking WRF, isn't he? Not, not big time. Anyway, over to our main event. Owen Hart and the British Bulldog are taking on their former stablemate as Vince keeps telling us, former stablemate, former stablemate, so you guys former stablemate. Yeah, we get it, Vince. We get it. We watched it last fucking week. <sighs> Yokozuna. In a handicap match after they all fell out last week. Owen starts in the ring with Bulldog on the apron and gets a forearm followed by a body slam from Yokozuna. And then a short arm clothesline which batters him for his troubles. And he's able then to just tag in Bulldog. Bulldog's attempted body checks have no effect on Yokozuna, and he gets a body slam himself. Owen then jumps into the ring, but a back body drop does for him, and all looking pretty good. The two little lads are doing all the effort and pinging around, exactly as you'd expect, but all good so far. Bulldog then ducks a Yoko running splash into the corner that would have probably killed him, obviously, and Owen then capitalises with a missile drop kick as Jim Cornette distracts the ref. After the break, Hart and Bulldog's frequent tags keep these two lads on top, especially when combined with Corny's ref distractions. A splash attempt by Owen misses as Yoko rolls away, which in fairness was probably the most athletic thing Yoko did in this entire match, was quickly roll. <laughs> and then Yoko's able to get control again, but just as he does, Big Van Vader heads down to ringside to booze to the crowd. Yoko plans both his in-ring opponents with a double clothesline, which is Vader's cue to hop in and jump Yoko from behind, meaning all three start battering the big man. Then, the unlikely support of Ahmed Johnson and Jake the Snake Roberts, Jake did well to make it down here because he is gassed, with Giant Python in tow, which weighs at least as much as he does at the moment, or certainly as much as his Kench, arrive to save Yoko's skin. Everyone's gone home here, haven't they? Everyone in the box. Yeah, because they have. Absolutely <laughs> shite. Who's left? Yeah. <laughs> Why have they got Roberts going out here? He was walking as well, wasn't he? He was in no rush. Oh, because he was absolutely gassed. Because he was gassed. <laughs> he was carrying a fucking 12-foot Burmese python with him, like, so I, mean, <laughs> I guess that was heavy. <laughs> and all I can think is that we're setting up a WrestleMania six-man tag that no one really cares about, but it gives this lot something yeah, to do, true. I'm assuming. And with that, we're out. Oh, no, we're not. It's Larry Fling live again. As Huckster and the Nacho Man appear in the Larry Fling studio. Do I, can we skip this? <laughs> I didn't even watch it. Oh, I'm going to be honest, right? It, 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 it's still, it's always terrible. We know that. It is always terrible. There, there was elements of this that did make me laugh. I'm no, with broken honest. Liam. Really? They've broken honest. lost Liam. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. So so when when Larry Fling's interviewing the Huckster and the Nacho Man, there's a tag there's like a tagline underneath um, Huckster and Nacho and it says both were recently injured by a lady's shoe, which I thought was pretty, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. And then at the very end, uh, the Huckster is, uh, every, people are coming on onto the set trying to like get him off and he's he's hitting him like really lightly with a chair, like he would do <laughs> like on Nitro. Yeah, well, so, I thought that, so I thought that was pretty funny, but it was still heinous. It, the, the overall thing was like, it needs, it needs you know, taking off, off, off the programme, doesn't it? But those two things did get a chuckle. Fair enough. So I, have, I have to acknowledge that. That's, yeah, it, That's fair. It's a low bar, but yeah, fair enough. Oh, it's a very low bar, but the, 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 I've got I've got to give him some credit when when I get a little bit of a little bit of laughter. Fair enough. And with that, once again, mercifully, we are out.
So that was WWF Monday Night Raw. Let's find out what we all made of it. Who wants to kick off our Raw ratings builders, lads? Uh, it was tough, tough this week. Um, I think Raw's been been doing pretty well over the last couple of weeks, but I did find it really difficult to, to pick mm. uh, a couple of builders. But one builder that did stand out was the Undertaker promo. Um, I thought they did a good job in, in um, building uh, building heat towards WrestleMania. I liked the, uh, the cutting of the lights and the music mm. playing and then uh, him appearing on the screen. And he doesn't really speak often at this stage, uh, Specifically, does it the Undertaker? But when he does it, it's, it's always quite effective. Yeah. Um, so I know we're a couple of weeks away from WrestleMania, but we know now that there's going to be these kind of mind games going on, and it just makes watching it at WrestleMania something to enjoy, doesn't it? And rather than yeah. rather than two blokes appearing out of the blue and we're wondering what's happening, so it oh, was we'll cool. get that as well. We'll get that as well. Yes. Yeah, I'm, 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 that's a dig. At obviously, Nitro, isn't it? But um, but yeah, it was just 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 the groundwork they put they put in for some of the matches, yeah. which is which is good. Totally fair. James, same question to you. Yeah, one of the, the, the weakest Raws, as Liam as quite rightly said, that we've seen in a while. Um, I will doff my cap to Owen Hart and the British Bulldog, as we often do for another another stellar performance. Always a good match whenever whenever they're involved, but I haven't got a lot else, really. Yeah, no, I'm struggling too. Um, Mankind promo was, again, fantastic, but, you know, it's 10 seconds long in a... It's like what you said though, you just want to see him wrestle. I've seen five of them now. Can we can he can he wrestle now? You're right. Yeah, they are good, aren't they? But we need something more now, don't we? Yeah. Same with Vader, wasn't it? When Vader was being teased, it was like a couple of weeks of him bouncing his trampoline and things. (laughs) That was quality. His trampoline in the field. And he put his wrestling gear on to go on it. (laughs) It's the same thing, isn't it? We want to just get them on the programme now, don't we? wouldn't think it by looking at him <laughs> but he fucking loves his trampoline that <laughs> it couldn't be anyone it's like less suited to as a training method because he's not an eight year old kid <laughs> <laughs> oh dear so okay there lads any any consensus any, any ultimate builder anyone being swayed by anything slim pickings this week yeah no I'll, I'll stick with my own art Going our bulldog. Yeah, yeah. I'll stick with just just the, the groundwork they, they they put in to to build some some interest towards uh, a main event or a pay per view or a big match or a pay per view, and they did that with the yeah. Undertaker Diesel match. Yeah, I suppose you're right there, Liam. That does deserve. That is good the way they're doing that, and at least they're putting a bit of effort in and yeah, adding something to it. But a lot a lot you can say is they're from this week, so I think no, no, no. I think that's a fair. That's a, that's a good one to be fair. Let's go with that then. There it is. All right, so they were the builders, but what about the killers? Jim, kick us off. What were your raw ratings killers this week? I'll just go with, again, there wasn't like, there wasn't loads to hate, really. There wasn't much to like. There wasn't loads to hate. It was just, just, just poor, really, all right. I've got just yeah. all the filler material as well. I've picked out, there was just so much filler with like Yank and V, Jake the Snake, yeah. Ahmed yeah. Johnson, Shinobi, just pointless matches that yeah. serve little purpose. Yeah. The Warrior promo. Fucking hell. Yeah, that was well. The HBK and Bret Hart promo for me as well. Yeah. Like it, it lacked a bit of star quality this week on the wrestling front. So when you when you got two of your main lads coming on and then they're not delivering either, it, it kind of just summed it all up for me. Yeah. Spot on. Dower. And even uh, Roddy Rowdy Piper, even he couldn't <laughs> save it either. He just added to it. So Ray's his favourite, Roddy Rowdy Piper. 
Yeah, it's so it's it's just summed every, that promo just summed Raw up for me this week. It just failed to deliver. Yeah, I I, I couldn't believe that the we've got Jake the Snake Roberts on Raw. Like I, uh, he's not he's not fit to wrestle. There's one bit when he was getting up after like from a from a prone position, and you just see this gut, this massive gut under his waistcoat, like. Oh, he looked haggard, didn't he? It was he? almost at his knees. I'm like, he's like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Especially when they're taking shots at Nitro for uh, yeah. the same thing. Shock, shocking. Did we, can I just throw in the, the phone segment with Goldust? I hate them yeah. phone segments. So they're shit. You've got to stop them. Did we get to the bottom why? Why does, why does Goldust want to play Rowdy Rodney Piper's bagpipe. Because he's, he's an item. Did you not call the phone line? You've got, got to press six. Would that have been there on the phone line? Would that, that have... <laughs> no, no idea. No, I, I, don't, I don't believe we've, yeah, we've I been furnished with that information yet. Yeah, I think no, beyond. Because no it was Razor, wasn't it, he liked before? And then... Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Razor's had enough. Maybe Razor's said to Vince, stop this now. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm at a loss. Yeah, no, me too. Me too. Yeah. Poor. Uh, right, I'm going to kick off this time. Uh, uh, Jake, I'm afraid. Jake and Isaac, we, do, that, we shouldn't be having. Of all the all the talent on the roster, we don't need. Jake the Snake would be your perfect manager at this point in time. Great on the mic, mind games, rest of it. Don't need him in the ring. Pretending to wrestle Yank. I'll, uh, I'll go the HBK and Bret Hart promo. Dower. Fair. Jim. Ultimate filler material, all the filler for me. Enough. Not enough killer, no killer in fact, <laughs> zero killer. <laughs> the only killer is the or ultimate killer. All the rest was filler. Very good. That's right, and that's not at all confusing <laughs> for the listener to grasp. Give him a text and explain it, Lee. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> With all of that in mind, let's see which show we thought should have won the ratings battle this week. It's going to be tricky this time, lads. Uh, last time out, to remind us, Raw pulled one back to cut Nitro's head-to-head ratings war lead to one, with the scores on the Monday Night Doors at 11-10 in WCW's favour. So what do you reckon this time, lads? Who is getting this? Because there's a fucking cigarette paper between them as far as I can tell. Yeah, I didn't... Didn't hate Raw, but it was just so bland. Um, Nitro, I thought they were putting a bit more effort to kind of push some things and you know feature a few more different people at least, even though we had all the fucking usual idiots in the usual spots. Um, but yeah, hard to call. I'll, I'll go Nitro because we've been hard on them for, and it was a better Nitro by recent standards. Liam, over to you. Yeah, I, I'll agree with Jim. I think Nitro just. Like, like Jim said, too much filler on Raw, so nice roll for me. Fair enough. Yeah, I think I, I genuinely, genuinely didn't like either episode. Genuinely was bored in both instances. Was probably more let down by Raw because last week was great. If it had been cataclysmically bad and there'd been catastrophes all over the place, that's at least summit. But this was just boring. Like, there's no excuse. No excuse for boring stuff. So we're going nice roll, but. We're all losers, really. Nitro. Nitro's your winner, but Nitro's we're all winner. losers. 100%. That is, that is spot on. Well, that's what we think, but what did the American public think in 1996? 
over to the golden envelope to find out. And it was a bumper week of ratings this week, lads. Raw, 3.1. Nitro, 3.2. Nitro Ooh. stretches out a two-point lead once more. Raw's thrown last week's barnstorming episode away. Wow. Unbelievable. 3.1, 3.2. Huge figures for this dross. Massive. Yeah, ridiculous. Ridiculous. Right, well, before we head off to start tracking down giant pythons on the dark web, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. We're at TMN Scores. That's at TMN Scores. Or follow us at The Monday Night Scores on Instagram. And if you haven't yet, make sure you subscribe to The Monday Night Scores wherever you get your podcasts. Well, all that's left for us to say is goodbye. So thank you all so much for listening. And until next time, this has been The Monday Night Scores. Before we get any more cobblers from the one-man Mexican standoff that is Steve Mongo McMichael, Bischoff interjects with an incredible revelation. Sting, he tells us, has been hooking up as of late <laughs> with Steve Grissom, the WCW NASCAR driver. I mean, I thought it was a purely professional relationship, the two had, Eric, but, you know... <laughs> but this is indeed a noteworthy development. I'm... <laughs> This is it's not even funny. This is not even funny. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm starting to think I got the wrong end of the stick when I thought Sting was Grissom. When I thought Sting was Grissom's Jack Man. <laughs> <laughs> it won't make the edit, don't worry. Salacious.